Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Joint ventures, in theory, they sound great. In practice, they can be amazing. Absolutely. But I'd imagine there's a lot of downside to this. We're going to have a chat about joint ventures. Thank you to Sean Wellman and his team from wellmanfinance.com.au. If you want to reach out to them, they are specialist mortgage brokers helping you wherever you are all around Australia get that mortgage sorted. If you want to reach out to Sean and the team, wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. John's even used this guy, so he must be all right. He's passed the test. He's passed the test. Mm. There you go. So a good mortgage broker will underpin and can possibly make or break your next property deal. 100%. Because if you've got a pigeon out there who does not know Mm. whether they're Arthur or Martha or the technicality that's required to get you that deal, yeah. there could be an opportunity that goes floating by when another broker who's been doing it, living it, breathing it, and is a sophisticated property investor themselves, yeah. they get it. Yeah, that's that's the important part for me. Yeah. Um, and if you're antiquated and still using a bank wholly and solely, then yeah. you need to come out from your hole. So I want to just, before we get started, John... Um, in the My Millennial Money Facebook group, Luke Craig asks, hey guys, just throwing around some ideas, but has anyone in the group ever been involved in a joint venture? And he's not talking about the parental guarantee type because technically that isn't a joint venture. And the reason why that isn't technically a joint venture because only one party owns the property. There's yep. just some liability to a third party on that mortgage. Could you trust somebody enough to hold up their end of the deal? So there wasn't a lot of responses from people who had who had done successful joint ventures. Yeah. So I guess I want to just, you know, wipe down the slate and let's get started with what is a joint venture? Yeah, good question. So a joint venture commonly is two parties essentially entering into an arrangement to go and purchase an asset, um, whether that be a business, whether it be a property or, or anything out there of nature that they would like to combine their expertise, their funds, their their, their knowledge and, and away they go. Yeah. That's in the loose term. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So they can't the, the first thing I like to ask them is why can't you do it alone? Right. Now usually there's two responses to this is I haven't got the money or I feel a lot safer if I go in with someone else. Sure. Sure. Now question, is it some is it sometimes more beneficial to have a joint venture so for example is it worth me not buying that block of land and missing out on any growth Mm. or partnering up with you and we both buy the block of land and we both develop it and split the profit like that's that dance isn't it that's right and and it's um we call it opportunity cost what is my opportunity cost of not doing this particular deal if i could do it and is 50 percent of something better than 100% 100% of nothing. But that 50%, if it's an extra 10 grand gain than you would have made possibly, you might not put up with the drama of it for 10 grand. But yeah. if it's 120 grand or 500 grand, 
you've got my attention and I'll put up with a little bit more drama and rigor. And That's right, yeah. yeah. Knowing that you're not the sole owner of responsibility. Um, so, yeah, you do need to obviously discuss everything with your partner or partners. Um, yes. When we say joint venture, it's usually two parties, but it can be obviously more than that. With business, for example, uh, instead of having a joint venture, there could be, okay, well, you work in the business yeah. and you take a profit share. So you don't actually own the business, but you've got skin in the game, a profit share. Yeah. Technically speaking, you wouldn't want that with a property because you want that other person to have skin in the game with ownership and bringing things to the table. Is that correct? Usually, yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the straightforward, simplest form of, of a joint venture is we split everything down the middle. So 50% deposits, 50% um, holding costs, 50% um, of any profits taken upon sale and or 50% of distributions of income and those sort of things. So that's the, the, the purest, simplest form. But obviously there's versions of that that, that work. Um, I, I, my thinking and, and the joint ventures that I've done have always been a 50% straight down the middle we all bring half to the party and, and continue that relationship throughout. I suppose if you're out there thinking about, well, is a joint venture for me? It's, it's definitely a more out-of-the-box thinking as opposed to me just going and buying a property by myself as an investment property. The, the reason you may think about it is if you're sitting there saying, well, I'm five years away from uh, buying a property on my own, um, but I love the concept of going and investing how can I fast track that? Well, the, the short answer is, well, you can look at a joint venture option where you can go and invest in 12 months time if you've got a partner that contribute half of the deposit and also help with the lending and servicing because their income's high. Okay. So on that point, I might have a friend, I might have, or a third party that we've got the same goals. Yeah. The goal's there, the money's there, the intent or the will is there. Is there, yeah. Um, what would you say to that situation like before they even start talking to builders or mm. real estate agents or looking for property together? What's your view on that point? I think you both need to clearly sit down before entering any of this and, and get clear expectations around what you both want to get out of this. Um, for example, uh, your long-term outcomes as well as your short-term. Now, what I mean by that is you can go and do a joint venture, which might be a mini development, all right? Buy a block, um, put up a couple of duplexes and then sell it on. And it might be a 18 month to three year process from start to finish. And then you both walk away from your joint venture and go and do your own thing. There's more of the long-term joint venture approach where you sit down and say, well, can we go and buy this property? We'll put in 50% deposit each. We'll 50% sharing of the running costs. And it's a long-term view to hold that property, right, whilst you can get on with your life in, in other areas, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not putting all of your cash into that one investment, you're sharing that, but obviously you're sharing the profits on the other side. So what is the expectation? Is it a short-term joint venture or is it a long-term joint venture? Um, and, and I think if you're clear with your expectations from the beginning, the chances of that breaking down are a lot less. Yeah, see, I would never personally and I haven't conducted a JV on my first property. Yep. And, and the reason I wouldn't recommend that, usually your first property, you're in the establishment part of your life anyway. Yeah. So I would be more concerned that 
if you were having a JV with somebody, it got messy and someone's situation had changed, mm. you know, what what have we got in place to make sure that that doesn't happen? Now, if someone's growing a family and they've they've got a joint venture with you that we set up five years ago, yeah. now all of a sudden, oh, we want to buy the dream home and they get house fever yeah. and they want to sell that property, yeah. you're not in a position to buy them out. And then the relationship strung so much that you go, oh, stuff it, we just sell it and it's mm. maybe not the best time in the market and we didn't really make anything out of it. Yeah, That's kind of why I say I would be very cautious doing JV mm. for your first trick. But the only other thing I would say, so for example, if you and I both did a JV, yeah. it's not as critical. One, your family's established. Mm. Two, my life is established. Yeah, And as my fourth property, for example, it's not going to be as critical if something went down in my life. Mm. I don't have to go to that property as my only big lumpy thing. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think it's it's very case dependent, isn't it? Like yeah. my actual first investment was a JV. Sure. Right. Now. There's the biases that come out, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause, and that's what we want our listeners to be thinking. Well, what we say and what we've done. Um, Are all based on our own experiences. Correct. Yeah. But that's like anything in life. That's right. Yeah. So it's just, as I said before, knowing the pros and cons of everything is the, is the critical part mm. there and not just discounting something purely because that's what we've heard. Um, so in, in my situation for that first property, I think we both, it was actually with my sister and we were both single at the time. Um, Ready to mingle at the time, <laughs> not with each other. <laughs> <That's>, oh, oh. <laughs> Hang on, this is supposed to be a serious podcast. Anyway, keep going. Um, I, I think we put down a total of 10 grand each yeah. to get into the property. Well, that was back in 1930. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was just when the automobile was created. Yeah. No. Um, but in, it was a positive cash flow property from day one. Sure. So I think we didn't. Neither of us missed that 10K and we could get on with our lives and it was a... It was just ticking around in the background. Yeah, there was no implications either way um, and none of us had, or neither of us had any expectations around mm. making a million dollars from it. Um, but we decided in three, end of the third year that we wanted to sell it because we both coincidentally wanted to do other things with it. Yes. As in take the profits and run. Yeah. So that, that was a really clean joint venture experience um, our expectations were clear at the beginning they probably weren't written down formally like i'd encourage people to do now but it, it worked fine in that we we didn't need it or we didn't expect it to perform a role for us yes um, it was just let's yeah get you weren't the banking it just banking on it to solve all your life's problems no yeah so and, I that, think and that can be the danger when you want to get into your first property with a friend i actually i've had a joint venture john but it wasn't a property one. It was a business one. Right. And it wasn't tenable because it became apparent that we both had different goals for our life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This person was somewhat older than me and had their own goals. Yeah. I had different goals. And it just, looking back, I was like, what was I thinking? Yeah. And I think a, a business JV is a different conversation on its own. Absolutely. Isn't it? yeah. Where you, when you enter a business, if it's a sole business, you rely on that for some sort of revenue. Yeah. Whereas this JV shouldn't be seen as, well, if it if nothing works out, I'll still be okay. I think that's the approach. Yeah, and I guess like the difference with business JVs, technically in a business partnership, if two people are the same, one's not needed. Mm. 
And that's exactly right. And that's why I said at the start, like what is each person bringing to the party? Yeah. Now, usually it's a case of, well, I haven't got enough deposit funds for myself, but I know that Glenn has, so let's have a conversation. Yes. Um, and then share the roles. Now, I want to go down the path of lending because lending can make or break any property investment purchase. If, if um, me and my own can't borrow money, um, my servicing is going to be increased greatly with the introduction of yourself. Yes. Right? So collectively, we can borrow money. We put in 50% deposit each and then away we go. That's essentially a common scenario for joint ventures. The key there, however, is whose names are on the title. And not many people know or understand this. If you're in a joint venture with someone that's not your spouse or very close partner. So use us as an example. Yes. Yeah. We're not boyfriend and girlfriend. No. Um, we would be considered, if if both of us were on the loan and the title, we would consider or the banks would consider us having 50% of the ownership but 100% of the debt. Yeah, so that can mean that you are both joint and several liable. In the in the legal term. In the legal term. So yes. that basically means that if something happens with one of the sides, the other person still has to cough up. 100% of the debt. 100% yeah. of the debt. Now the concern, and this is where a lot of JVs uh, end up in, in tears, is because a lot of people don't understand that on the way in and just go with the flow of their mortgage broker or whoever's recommended yeah. the, the structure. But imagine now that you want to go and buy your own home to live in because now you've got your family. Hang on a minute. You won't service because you're carrying 100% of the debt in the bank's eyes for this JV that you've got with me. Even though there's only 50%. Yeah. Now, the servicing looks terrible from your point of view because you own 50% of the asset, but you're carrying double the debt. So that means realistically that can push a lot of people out of JV land anyway. Well, they don't. if they don't know it on the way in, they go and do it naturally. Yeah. What are they meant to do if Glenn now wants his family home? And, I, yeah, and that's where it goes back to the goals, you know, where it's different or the same life stages. Yeah, that's right. But if you structured it differently in the first place, you could still have your cake and eat it. If we did what, like a tenants in common arrangement, separate mortgages? Yeah, okay. So so one option is you've, you've got a separate agreement drawn up to say that Glenn and I are 50% owners. Yes. Yep. You then take one of you and place them on the title. Yes. And have you on the loan as well, right? So, so Glenn's on the title, Glenn's on the loan. If he can service that property yep. fine but i've just put in 50 percent of the deposit yes so i own 50 percent as well yeah but in the bank's eyes or in the um, land titles i'm nowhere to be seen right quite a common jv scenario because we've got a legal document to um to support that process so for example if we both purchased a million dollar property and there was a million dollar loan yeah and the title was 50-50 each and yep. the mortgage was 50-50 each. Mm -hmm. We both had a 500K mortgage. Yeah. If we had a letter and legal documents drawn up to say that it's a JV and then I went and wanted to buy my principal place of residence, mm -hmm. would the bank 
go, okay, we won't service Glenn on the million dollars. We'll only service him on the 500,000 because that there is a JV. Or uh, like, can you get around that joint and several liability? Not really because you're both on the title. Sure. Yeah. But, but that means in the JV, you've got to line your ducks up to say, okay, we're doing it this way. I'm not on the title. Yeah. When we sell it, how do I get the money? Yeah. So in the example that I gave is, okay, we agree to both sell, to sell the property. Um, you take the gain and let's say the gain's 100K. Yeah. Um, you pay the, the tax on that and then split the profits after that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's got to be loaded on one person's tax return. Correct. I can't, well, you can't split it and we deem it on my tax return. No, nah, because yeah. then you'll get, um, you're unfairly paying more tax yeah. and I'm just getting out with the profit. That's not, yeah. So does that make sense? It, that's what I mean. It needs to go into more detail, but essentially the concept, you've just got to be very careful as to who's on the loan and who's on the title. Um, and also, again, know your long-term goals. Okay, so we're in a JV, million-dollar mm. property. Mm -hmm. There's a million-dollar mortgage. Yes. I'm carrying half of the mortgage. Yes. You're 100% of the title. Yes. And we've got a document drawn up from the lawyer that if the crap hit the fan, you could then take me to court and say, well, technically he owns half of this, even though that he's not on the title. Yeah. Yeah, so... In in short and in summary, as I mentioned, you've you've got to understand the pros and cons and each other's expectations out of the JV. For example, long term, well, okay, I know you're going to have a family and you'll need a house at some stage. How's this JV going to impact it? Um, so if you're going in with the expectation as to well, so if I'm not on the title, the bank that I'm borrowing from will just let me service the 500k debt, not the million dollars. Or would they still base the servicing on the whole million because? Now, you you mightn't be. The, the situation where it works where you don't need to be on the title, you also wouldn't be on the loan, but you've just contributed 50% of the deposit. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then the contract catches it that I get half the profit. Correct. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so it's almost like a silent partner. Well, it is a silent partner, but it gets around that, that real issue of, well, hang on a minute, the bank's Growing with my servicing because they're putting a, applying a hundred percent of the debt to me, sure. even though I only own half it. Um, so, yeah, that's the biggest trap for JVs is is um, is the servicing once you've got a, a joint venture in place. But there's ways around around it. That's the that's the good news. So you've got to have a switched on mortgage broker, a switched on lawyer to draw the contracts up, mm -hmm. and I dare say the first meeting in this whole process would almost be with the mortgage broker and lawyer, even if it's in the same room. Yes. Just yep. to get, okay, heads of agreement, this is what we want to do because the lawyer will ask questions like, well, what if this happens? Yeah. And then you'll go, oh, I didn't know. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Rather than happening later. Yeah, that's right. And and they'll definitely uh, dot the I's, won't they, in, in that meeting. Yeah. Um, the, the other part of it, which also involves the, uh, the legal rep, is the... Um, name or the entity in which it's in. So a common one for joint ventures is to have it in a unit trust or a, or some type of trust yes. um, where you're both 50% shareholders. Um, yep. Now, that's okay um, and it's a, it's a common structure to have, 
also understand what your strategy is there because uh, in a lot of cases with companies and trusts, in the, the tax deductions in that um, trust cannot be uh, used until the property is actually sold. Yes, and trusts don't pay tax in Australia. Mm. So that must be distributed to the unit holders of the trust. Yeah. So any income throughout the year would go through to the unit holders. Yes, correct. One other important thing is the estate planning part of it. Mm-hmm. So by all means, you would have a lawyer doing the contracts. In that same meeting, you'd probably have an estate planning lawyer who's there yep. to make sure that in the event of a premature death, mm. that things are taken care of. It might come across, uh, you're listening to this now, you might be thinking, oh, this is just all too hard. Um, we're outlining absolutely everything that you need to think of. Yep. Um, and yes, it, it is a little bit more work to be done because there's two of you and there's um, two separate entities. But the good news is if if um, if it's the best way for you forward with your partner or your, or your other uh, joint partner, then um, you can definitely make it work and it definitely has some massive upsides um, as opposed to you waiting five years to yeah. enter the market. And particularly what I would always recommend as well um, along the estate planning thing, and I'll use John and I as an example again, million-dollar house, million-dollar mortgage, mm. we both have 50% and irrelevant of the who's on the title or not. I could own a $500,000 life insurance policy on John. So I own the policy mm-hmm. and he would own a policy on my life. So that's cross-owned. Yeah. Now in Australia, you can own, there's two things with policies. There's the life insured and the policy owner. I can own a policy on the life of John Pigeon. Mm-hmm. And if we have a fight and I never hear from you ever again, as long as I keep paying that policy, I'll always have an insurance policy over him. Right. So in 25 years' time, if you died, I just can prove to the insurance company that you've died and yeah. they would pay me, even though we're not friends anymore. Yeah, okay. Sure. So, so what that means is in the estate planning part of it, we've gone, hey, John, if you die, mm. I own a policy and an insurance policy proceeds goes to the policy owner. Yeah. So I die... I get $500,000, oh, sorry, so you die, I get the $500,000, yep. then I can buy your estate out. Yeah. And it might be that if if your premium's $30 a month and my premium's $20 a month, we might add that up and divide it by two, $25 a month each, cost of doing business. So at least if both of us or so at least if any of us was to die prematurely, we own a policy on the other person so we can buy out the other person's estate. What we're doing there is preventing a fire sale of an asset yeah. to wind up the estate if no one can um, That's right. buy the other one out. Yeah, and, and, and you want to be thinking of all options, all scenarios long before you even pull a trigger on something Absolutely. Like yeah. And then if the property increases in value three years down the track, mm you need to increase the life insurance levels yeah. on those policies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so good point. I think JV, as I said, I'm pretty conservative and I'm probably a bit bearish where you're pretty bullish on JVs. It would have to be the right thing for me to do and it would have to be the right personality that I'm doing it with. It wouldn't be my first property. I just, 
I mean, my mate Tim Cooper, we could probably do it. We've discussed doing like a mm. farmstead or something like that just mm. to a long-term play up the coast or something like that Yeah, because we're not hanging our hat on it solving all of our problems. No, and that's the key. I wouldn't recommend anyone does that. Um, I think there's short-term options as in mini development opportunities where JVs work quite well um, and there's then the longer term. I think either way your expectations have got to be clear but you've also built in a couple of checkpoints along the way. So for another JV that I've got at the moment, we check in basically every 12 months and just have a general, yeah, okay, we're, it's going along okay, let's, um, let's review in 12 months or, right, let's, um, let's make a decision on this, what do we want to do here? So I think you've got to have those transparent checkpoints. And do you have any formal agreements with this individual? Yeah. 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 So in that agreement, is there a, hey, if I want to pull the trigger, there's got to be 12 months notice or something like that? Yeah, correct. So there's clauses in there that, that um, are all uh, binding, I suppose. That, but there's also the not the handshake, but the just the general transparency through email or phone to say, well, this is what we want to do. What do you guys want to do? Okay, let's make that work. Yeah, and remember, like those legal agreements, there, you hope you never need them. No, you only pull them out of the drawer if there's a fight mm. and the guy or the gal that you're in a JV with spits a dummy and wants to sell tomorrow because they've uh, had enough yeah where if it gets to the point you're like well no legally you would have to take me to court and i can prove that this that this does not get sold for 12 months after you've given me written notice yeah that's right so yeah. like all those agreements legal agreements they only come out if their relationship's good mm. he or she might say to you oh hey Pidge, life's tough want to upload this you might be like, hey, it's probably a great time. Let's let's do it. Yeah, that's right. But at least as a backstop, you've got an agreement to protect you. In place. Yeah, yeah and vice yeah, versa. Absolutely. Yeah, and look, thankfully I've done four JVs in my investing and, and all of them oh, have worked fine. And all profitable in their own right, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Well, two of them are long terms. The other two are short terms. What would your thoughts be on JVs for commercial properties? Um, look, I don't think the type of property changes so much. Sure. It's more, again, same things. When like, would you not do a JV with somebody? Would you do uh, it based on a you don't vibe the personality, they're too erratic or? Yeah, look, I probably, well, I, I categorically say I wouldn't do a JV with someone I don't know very well. Um, I do, I'd be more inclined to do a JV with uh, a close friend or family member than I would someone that I don't know that well. Um, just from the basis of um, you know you get each other, right? Because at, at the end of the day, you just, you know, you might only do a JV with a friend, a family member that you can have a beer with and if there's if you don't agree on that little thing, you can yeah. still enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Because at the end of it, regardless of the property, I believe the relationship still needs to stand. Oh, 100%. And I think like when people say don't get into um, business or whatever with friends or family, I think that statements come from, well, we didn't do any of this stuff that we're talking about. We didn't actually chat about exits. (laughs) Yeah, we just handshake and thought that'd be a great idea. Let's go and do it. And all of a sudden the broker's got us alone and we've bought this thing and we really don't know our um, our toes from our nose. Mm, mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add on the JVs, John? Uh, no, I think that's all. I, I just can't 
stress enough that you just need to have that transparency from the start well before you go and purchase and have the, the expectations. Because it's like anything with property. The actual going and looking at a property and putting an offer in mm. and getting accepted or going to an option, that part takes the least amount of yeah, time and right. is the easiest part. For sure. It's lining all these ducks up first. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So, okay, just if someone's out there, I'm just thinking, you know, what other ways could be cool to buy a property? I mean, there could be a JV if a couple of you have good super fund balances, mm. set up your own super fund. There might be a unit trust that we set up and we each super fund buys units in that unit trust. Yep. I mean, there's a million ways to, to do this and that's why it's the... And don't take that as self-managed super fund advice because I'm not a specialist in that area. <laughs> Google Liam Short. <laughs> He's like the super fund guru. Um, but there are ways around it. Mm. Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the important part out today is, is if you really want to go and take action with something you can, it's just um, understanding the rules and regulations before you go into it and the pitfalls of, um, of why you wouldn't. Just lastly, mm. we've known each other for a few years now. Yeah. Are we doing a JV yet? <laughs> Look, I, every, uh, every day we're getting closer, Glenn. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> uh, but, but in all seriousness, I wrote a chapter in a book on this and yeah. have got um, a, a good solid blog on our website. Um, and what's the website, Sol your website? solvairwealth.com.au Or just Google John Pigeon Joint Venture. Yeah, you might find something. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, John. Thanks, Glenn. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.